You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm Leaf. And I'm Low. And, and here's Chess. Thanks, guys. You know, Leaf and Low are going to become a bigger part of the show as we grow. And, and Wake and Bake is where sports betting meets marijuana. But come on. These guys have been hanging around together for years. If you've ever been out the back door of a sports book. You know exactly what I mean. These guys are not. This is more of a a reunite than a meet. But if you're a handicapper and you've hung around at the back door of a sports book, what we're looking for is guys that know their cannabis and know know their sports betting. And we love talking about marijuana. Don't get me wrong. Four twenty is our favorite time of day. However, you got to win. Sports betting is the key because that's how you buy the marijuana with the winnings from the sports book. So if you if you think you can make it, give us a shout out. Hit us up and uh, we'll get you on the show and see what you can do. Let's do this. Let's go see what Saturdays in Canada looks like. CFL, let them know. And just like I promised, right? Here's Blackhawk West, Saturdays in Canada here on Wake and Bake. Now, Wes, the, the funny part about having a league, right, that you can do the easy sports data in like 12 minutes, right? You, you got you to gotta enter four games, some weeks it's three, but four games, the first quarter, the, sec, the first half, the second half in the game. You got to enter the lines, you got to enter the, the results, and you got to take that, pop it into the data, and then to do the dashboard, to do an NCAA football dashboard takes forever. It takes like an hour to do CFL. Literally, the whole process took 12 minutes, but we're in a slippery slope, right, with the CFL. Yeah, we are. Well, and, you know, your data, what's what's great about it in the CFL is you got nine teams, right? So you got, you're plugging in eight teams. Somebody's got to buy every week. So you're plugging in eight teams worth of data and, you know, you just let the algorithm go. But we we are, we, we have, we have the same matchup in week 20 and week 21. And a lot of these playoff positions are, are locked in place. So we're, we're fighting for the last couple of them. And, you know, so we, we have Hamilton is playing against Ottawa. Ottawa's playing for nothing. Hamilton needs a win with a Sask loss to lock themselves into third place. Uh, Sask needs a win with a Hamilton loss. Actually, I think Sask, they can't tie. Sask actually has to have the better points total. So Sask needs a win twice. And they need Hamilton to lose once. Although Sask is playing against Calgary, and that's not an easy win for anybody this season. They, I mean, they, they're a 10 and 6 team. Uh, you know, Toronto, Montreal, they're fighting for who's locked into first. And and that's a weird one because I don't think the home field advantage matters to Toronto as much as it matters to Montreal. Montreal is not a great home field, but Toronto has such a good home field advantage. If you are the Montreal Owls, you're not giving it to them. And so the the games this week and next week, it's almost like we need to see what happens with with Ottawa and and Hamilton to know how we play Sask against Calgary because if Sask is out, it and, and it's just that, and that's what makes it the CFL. We're looking at crossovers. We got a great six weeks ahead of us. If you look back five weeks ago when we were talking, it was a slam dunk, right? That the East wasn't gonna have three. All of a sudden, Hamilton's doing some winning. The other teams aren't winning. And so it, it really is coming down to it. But you know, that's that's no different 
than if you think about any series. Look at the baseball that's on right now. You, you can't really think about Saturday till you get through Friday, and it's the same thing when you're playing teams. And, you know, there's no other. The only other time Alabama plays Auburn at the end of the year, other sides of the division, two teams from the same division play yeah. their last game of the season, and then they end up being matched up in the wild card round, that kind of thing. But and this, this is the CFL at its finest. You know, these teams know each other. Uh, you know, and, and I'm speaking to all of the matchups you know, for the most part, but they know each other. And, and uh, you know, you know, you brought up Hamilton. They started winning games late in the season or at least, you know, relative to, to where they need to be in order to make a playoff spot. Saskatchewan is on the other side of things. Their defense has been atrocious. Cody Fajardo has been disappointing. I mean, five in a row they lost. They, they've lost five in a row. And that is not they were six and five and looking like a lock. And, and you're talking the highest paid quarterback in the CFL, you know, former most outstanding player. I mean, it's I really as a fan, as a fan, I would love to see Sass get in on the crossover because those are going to be some great matchups. Sass going against Toronto, going against Montreal and then a, a, the possibility of of a great cup. You remember last year, Saskatchewan almost beat Winnipeg in in the in the conference finals to go to the cup. So if we somehow get a Saskatchewan Winnipeg matchup in the Grey Cup, I think that would be that would be pretty incredible. You got the two marquee quarterbacks, uh, you know, Winnipeg going for a three peat. Now, football isn't a series like baseball. Football is a game. You got to win the game. You don't show up on that day for whatever reason. You make a couple uncharacteristic mistakes, which, and to define what an uncharacteristic mistake is, that's a mistake a team that you have bet on does something they haven't done, and that's why you bet on them. I bet on them because they don't throw interceptions, and in the first half, the guy throws three picks. Those are uncharacteristic characteristic mistakes let's take a break when we come back from break we're going to look at saturday in canada i guess that's how we came up with the name you're listening to saturdays in canada with blackhawk west on wake and bake welcome back to saturdays in canada with blackhawk west you know blackhawk there's only a couple games we got 13 seconds to kill you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna play it again because i love it After spending a Thanksgiving Canada, a Canada Thanksgiving on a Monday, it's exciting football. We're we're talking about when we get to the playoffs. It's good football. It really is. It it is good football, and it's cold up there. I mean, there there is no warm weather cities north of the border. It, it they just don't exist. So let's do this. You're gonna you're gonna talk about a couple games, but while you're doing that, let me just zap into our friends down at Google. I'm gonna ask them. What it is in Montreal, and right now it's 43 degrees and rainy. The high is going to be 67 on Saturday, low 45. So that's pretty good football weather. Yep, yeah, that's that's pretty good football weather. And by the time we reach the playoffs, it's going to drop about 10 degrees. I think in the CFL, uh, you know, the best weather, obviously the best weather is in BC because there's a dome. Uh, there's a dome in, in in Vancouver that they play in, but but I, I, I'm guessing Toronto is probably the closest to you know because that's close to New York. But like Regina, Saskatchewan, that's gonna be cold. We talk about this with all our sports, but this time of year, it really is crucial. You got to take the time to just click. I mean, all you got to do is click. I remember a game where I didn't click. 
and I didn't know they were getting seven inches of rain that day, and I had the over, and it was seven three at halftime, and the field was you couldn't see the numbers or anything. So yeah, you always got it. Got a, a click. Toronto, 41 degrees, a uh, little little colder. But uh, all right, so let's talk about that first game. It's it's 1 o'clock our time, so it's 4 o'clock Eastern, Toronto at Montreal. And, yeah. and again, these are teams that technically, if Montreal wins both these games, they're going to have the same exact record. And that's what it's going to take. And then it'll go down to head-to-head. It'll, it'll first go points, then it'll go head-to-head. I, I don't see Montreal beating them twice. Uh when you look at this, you know, most recently, Stanback is back in the lineup for Montreal. Montreal's got a little bit of mojo back. They're able to run the ball and kill the clock. So that's why I think we're looking at one and a half points. I think that if Stanback Stan is worth two to four points, if it wasn't Toronto, he'd probably be worth more. Oakman, seven-foot guy that made a movie about him, you know, for, for Toronto. He's a difference maker on defense. Toronto wants to put this thing away and get rested. One and a half is kind of a gift. Toronto is the superior team. They're looking at the possibility of having to play them again. Toronto's been in this spot before. So lay the one and a half, take Toronto. That's It's basically a pick them at that point. It's a better roster. It's a better quarterback. McLeod Bethel-Thompson is, is silently having one of the best quarterback seasons in the CFL. He's been healthy all year. They've been consistent. So Lay the one and a half. Let Toronto get going. Do you want to give someone a second shot? You don't. You don't. You need to close out when you can close out. And Montreal's roster is just kind of all over the place, you know, with some of the injuries that they've had. Now they're getting stand back back, which is a good thing, but their defense and, you know, I could, I could talk forever about it. Montreal or Toronto's the play. The next game, Calgary at Sask. So there's other dynamics from the earlier games. There's two games on Friday that are going to impact this game because currently Sask is six and 10, but they were six and five. So they were six and five. And, you know, when you go from six and five, West to uh, uh, six and six. Okay, no worries, right? We'll, we'll get them next week, and then you're six and seven. Then you're six and eight. About a boom, about a bang. You're six and ten. That's got to be depressing. Yeah, that that does. So you know, really, with this game, what we're looking at is the game means more to SAS than it does to Calgary. Uh, although Calgary, there's two points that separate Calgary from BC, and and <laughs> BC is playing Edmonton this week, and then next week. Uh, they got to go to Winnipeg, which that's kind of winnable. Winnipeg will probably not be starting their starters. BC has one guaranteed dub, but there's the potential that BC wins these next two games. I bring that up because uh, Calgary, you would think Calgary would rather play at home, uh, although they're better on the road. But I, I say that only because this game does have meaning for Calgary. We're looking at three points. I would lay the three points and take Calgary at Sask. I know it's at Regina. Calgary is 6-2 and two on the road. Uh, they're a much better road team. And Sask, they just can't figure it out uh, defensively. I think that by the time this game uh, kicks off, uh, we're you know we're going to be looking at Calgary just just simply winning the game, uh, and then they're going to rest their receivers. When they get into the playoffs, BC is going to be a totally different monster. You mentioned the six and two on the road, but of course the Easy Sports data takes into account that evil evil Satanist item called the point spread, and so we've got two years of data on their away games. They've lost against the spread twice, Wes. They have their five their five straight, then they lost, and then they won six straight, then they lost, and then two. So they are eleven. 
13 and 2 against the spread since we've been starting our easy sports data when they are on the road. The bottom line is we've got to cash tickets. This week, you know what? You gotta you gotta tread lightly because, like you said, you, you gotta pay attention to Friday before you dive in on Saturday. And next week we could have games that are easy, like you mentioned, or are hard, but the week after that, we're talking real football. Goal! Time with Hector here on Wake and Bake. We talked all summer about getting to this part of the USL championship season. It is the playoffs. Nothing's really shocked us because the seedings in the East were tight, but in the West it was kind of spread out. And now we know that Louisville's sitting and San Antonio's sitting and they're waiting to see uh, who they play. And there's six other teams from both conferences that are going to play this weekend. Yeah, we got some interesting matchups right now. I mean, start of the season, I had uh, Detroit City and San Diego Loyal in the final, and I'm going to stick to that. Detroit City is going to be playing um, their first uh, playoff game as a member of the USL Championship after jumping over from NISA, and that's one of the teams that I'm looking at. That's my first uh, bet, actually, Detroit City traveling to Memphis. And Memphis is the number two seed. Detroit City got in as a seven seed. So they're playing with house money right now, man. I mean, I like them. I've always followed them since they were like in third division in NISA and they not dominated over there. Like I said, this is the rookie season in the USL Championship. They already made the playoffs. A lot of support, even though they're going to be paying on the road. And like I said, there's no pressure on them this time. They they did what they were supposed to, make the playoffs in their first season. Not a lot of teams can say that. But I'm still liking their Cinderella story. I like their goalkeeper, Nate Steinwasher. Steinwasher. Their defenders, uh, Carroll and those guys. And... And their offense is, is, is a pretty timely offense, too. They can take advantage of the counterattack with uh, Beto Fass. And uh, I'm liking them, dude. I'm liking for the upset at Memphis City, at Memphis, 901. And it's going to be a close one, but I think that they're going to pull it off 2-1. to one. All right, so they are the, the seven seed, Detroit. Memphis is the two. So that's that's how it works. Two, seven, right? Three, yep. six, four, five. Yeah. They reseed, right? Whoever's the highest seed. That's yeah, that, the, the, the one seats come in in the second round, and they yep. take whoever the lowest seat is. Yep, yep. All right, so so what do we know about Memphis? Uh, Memphis uh, it was 21-8-5, and, and Detroit City was 14-8-12. and 12. Yep. So there's a, there's a big difference in their records, but you don't think it's going to matter? No, I think all the pressure's on Memphis to to show up. They're a good team. Obviously, they finished number two for a reason. And uh, But I like I said, I like, their, I like Detroit. Maybe it's an emotional thing because I followed them so, for so long, but I'm still liking them to ride the wave of, uh, of you know, of house money, I guess. And uh, and they're going to put it off. I, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling really good about my prediction about having San Diego, Loyal, and Detroit City in the final. And they're, they're going to pull off the – they're my dark horse for the Eastern Conference, Detroit City. Well, yeah, they have to be. They're the lowest seed. That's yeah. got to make them 20 to 1 or something, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, don't bet against Detroit City, man, in any sport, especially in soccer. There you go. All right, so let's do this. Did you give us a score on that game? I like him two to one on this one. You know, it's so funny because, uh, again, we don't have a lot of handicappers to give out the scores, but you've consistently done that from day one, and you know, we've known each other for years now. The bottom line is I love it because it gives me an idea of what kind of game you're seeing and in live action, and there's not a lot of books that – 
the, the carry USL, so you got to look around for them, and then to, to get live action is a little easier. It's ironic that it's easier to find USL in live action than it is before the game starts, but yeah. that's just the nature of the smaller uh, conferences. Uh, when we get back from break, we're going to get a couple more playoff picks from USL Championship Soccer with Hector here on Soccer Time with Hector on Wake and Bake. Welcome back to Soccer Time with Hector here on Wake and Bake, and we are in playoffs. Now, you know what? It's funny because baseball's in playoffs, but we're not talking any baseball this week uh, on our show. We are talking playoffs in soccer. We are talking playoffs in Canadian football, but the soccer is a whole different animal because this all we're looking for during this soccer is this. This is where I'm going to play the goal guy because I love that goal guy. Hector, there's nothing more exciting. And in a sport where the over-unders are two and a half, a goal is a big deal, and places go crazy when their team scores. Yeah, you take the lead in the playoffs, it's almost like Major League Baseball right now. A run is like magnified big time. That's an excellent analogy. You're absolutely right. No doubt about yeah, it. A goal in soccer is the same thing right now. All right, so, so you, you went out on a stretch on the first pick – which is a big-time long shot. Let's hear what else you got for USL this weekend. I got San Diego Loyal against the Oakland Roots at San Diego Torero Stadium. Oakland's had their number this season. They tied one, and they beat, beat them again in the second one. And they've always, uh, I said this last week, they've always been a team that matches up well with San Diego Loyal. They got a great counterattack, and their defense is pretty sturdy, and they got a good goalkeeper too. But I'm liking San Diego Loyal to, to you know, bounce back from last season being knocked out in the first round by San Antonio. The eventual, you know, they made it all the way. They made a good run. I think uh, San Diego Loyal, I got them for the final against Detroit City, so I can't back back away from them now with Landon Donovan as it's still their head coach. So it's going to be a close one. I think this one goes extra time, actually. I think it's going to be low scoring as well, but I think they pulled off 1-0 in extra time at uh, Torero Stadium. So let's talk about that because in the regular season, soccer games end differently than they do when the loser goes home. Yeah, exactly. So pretty much if you're tied at, at uh, regulation, you have uh, 30 minutes after that. And if you're still, still tied after the 30 minutes of overtime or added time, it's uh, penalty kicks. Nobody wants to see penalty kicks, dude. That's pretty much like a coin flip, coin flip at that point. And uh, but I think I think San Diego Loyal is going to have uh, a good game plan for Oakland. Like I said, it's a, it's a good matchup for both teams, and they they match up well against each other. But I think the home crowd is going to push them forward to get that one zero win and their first playoff victory in franchise history. Now the the uh, Memphis game, the Detroit and Memphis game, that's Saturday, but this game is Sunday. Sunday, that's the last. That closes out the uh, the, the playoffs for that weekend. Yeah. And you will be there, right? I'll be there live, rooting yep. on. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. One more play. My last one is uh, Sacramento Republic at home against New Mexico United. Sacramento's a team we've talked about before. They made it all the way to the US Open Cup final against Orlando City, and they almost pulled off the certain Cinderella run. Everybody was rooting for them, but they couldn't pull it off against the Major League Soccer team, even though they knocked off a couple of uh, Major League Soccer teams to get to the final. And they're going to be playing at home at Sacramento. New Mexico United's a good team also. They kind of remind me a little bit of Oakland uh, without the uh, without the defense. But yeah, it's one of those things that I think that being a home, having home, home field advantage right now is going to be huge for a lot of teams. And Sacramento is one of them. They feed off that crowd pretty well. They always have sold out stadiums, and there'll be no different for their playoff game. So I like this one. It'll be high scoring, I think. Both teams going up and down, like fast break, old school Lakers kind of basketball. And I think Sacramento is going to pull it off uh, three to two. Yeah, when you look at the rankings in the West, Sacramento is the fourth seed, but they actually have the second 
best goal differential. Nobody is close to San Antonio, who scored 28 more goals than their opponents. But Sacramento's actually second with 14. Yeah, when they play well, there's nobody. They can compete with anybody, including San Antonio. And like I said, being at home, they're a playoff game, and they still got that memory of that U.S. Open Cup run. I think they pull it off, and I think they, they, they win a, a close one, but a high-scoring one, 3-2. to two. So you got a couple long shots. You're, you're going to ride them all the way to the end, and we're going to see what happens here on Soccer Time with Hector. We'll talk to you next time. Make it easy. Welcome to another edition of Sports Betting Weekly here on Wake and Bacon. We've got Chase Gilmore, but I'd like to call him Chase from Nashville, right? Yeah, just moved here. Yeah, there you go. A brand new Nashville resident. Are you going to be checking out any Titan games? Yeah, I think uh, I might go to the Jags-Titans divisional game, uh, I think in December. So let's do this. Let's let's check out. I just put on your your banner. Chase spent the offseason celebrating his fantasy championship, his 151 and 121 against the spread title and his Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl victory. So you won your fantasy league, your straight up league and your team won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, the against the spread. So every game against the spread, we had to pick every game every week. And right. Yeah. So that's not, not a bad, bad year. That's not a bad summer. If you kind of do anything all summer, that's not a bad way to spend the summer. And I'm currently in first now, so I'm trying not to give up the title. So, yeah, you know, and and it's it's not easy picking every game, especially when you got life. Because I remember we 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 did a about four or five years we did that same contest, mm-hmm. and so many guys just never got their Thursday bets in. You know. And mm-hmm. it it really is a big deal when you get to Monday and you're looking at tiebreakers and you're tied with a guy, but you didn't put in Thursday. I usually will put it in like with everything and then I'll adjust later. So yep. sometimes, you know, you remember, sometimes you don't. Like I forgot to change last week's uh, Monday night game from Dallas to the Eagles. So. You know, sometimes it doesn't work if you don't. Well, for a while there, it looked like that was going to be a good, a good mistake. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's been it's been good. And um, the funny thing is, picking every game versus selecting five or six tends to work out better for whatever reason. Like when you pick five or six, it always seems to be like you pick the wrong ones, but. Um, that's just how it is sometimes. Oh, and all those contests really come with a, with a curveball involved. You're absolutely right. Your best bet, you can go 4-1. Of course, it's your best bet that loses, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? All the time. All right, so let's let's look at where we're at. We're, we're going to, we're you know, like with most of our guests, Chase, because this is the first time. We've talked numerous times, but this is the yeah. first time we stuck a camera in front of your face. Yeah. What we're looking at is... Where we're at, you know, six games in, the bye weeks are starting. What are you thinking? You know, who who are you seeing right now in the – because every year, you know, we do our AFC-NFC weekend. Our AFC-NFC Betaway weekend, we go to Vegas for those two games. Who's going to be those four teams this year as of right now? Who do you think? The Bills, obviously. I think it might be a rematch, you know, of last year. Bills-Chiefs. I think they both look really good. Um, obviously, the Bills – they just look unstoppable on both sides of the ball. I really thought the AFC West was just going to be a juggernaut, but they really haven't been. But the Chiefs do look good coming out of there. So I would probably say that. And the NFC, it's tough because you have a lot of teams you never thought. The records that they have, 
like the well, yeah i mean Giants, the, the, uh, do you know the teams that are on buys the four teams that are on buys this week have like a 16 and 3 a record up straight yeah. up all right so let's do this let's look at the first game we're going to talk early green bay at washington the start times are a lot better out here especially a couple of the last stinkers on thursday and other primetime games it's tough to stay up. Oh, early, no doubt. It, but, it gets uh, sleepy when it's 1230 at, at oh, night. Yeah. yeah. So what I like to do when I'm picking games is I like to look at the bet percentage versus the money percentage. That's usually a pretty big indicator of the public versus the sharps. I usually like to fade the public. It usually pays off. Of course, they'll win here and there. But this is a classic uh, kind of fade the public. So everyone thinks Green Bay, they just lost last week to the Jets. They lost the week prior in London. They haven't looked that good. And when I look at the bet percentage, it's actually pretty pretty even. Actually, Washington's a little bit higher, but the interesting thing to note is the money percentage is at 83%. So that means pretty even on the tickets, but a lot of big money and big bettors are on Washington. So I typically like to follow the big money bettors. They typically know a little bit more information than we can gather. And also, too, through the app that I look at, it it watches sharp action, which anything over five moves is usually interesting. Um, Anything over 10 is very interesting. It's about it's at eight sharp moves. Looking at this spread, four and a half, you know, Green Bay hasn't looked that good. Washington's been pretty underwhelming. That would I would probably pick Washington here with the points just because there is a large differential, the 31% differential of bets to money percentage. So that's a signal that I would look at. And yeah, just Green Bay has not looked that good. Well, and, and Aaron Rodgers told us, he had a press conference where he told us, we're not that good, and and the public keeps betting them. Let alone their, their big spreads. They're not even winning. Yeah, they're almost um, double the digits in London, right? They are, are surprised this season, but yeah, it's, <laughs> trust me, I've been like, oh, the Packers, like they've always rebounded after losses and come back strong, one by double digits. I thought last week they were going to do the same thing. <laughs> nope. Uh, so I'm over. I'm on the fade. Yeah. Some, sometimes you got to move on from a team. When we come back from break, let's this. We'll cover a couple more games. We got Chase here, who actually knows his stuff. If you've seen his scrolling uh, notes, you're listening to sport. You're not actually listening to. You're watching Sports yeah. Betting Weekly here on Wake and Bake. Welcome back to Sports Betting Weekly here on Wake and Bake. In this episode of Sports Betting Weekly, we have Chase from Nashville. He's a new Tennessee resident, actually. Let's uh, let's look at a couple more games for Sunday. Yeah, so another one that kind of sticks out, you know, fading the public, uh, which I love to do. The public is heavy on the Jets. I mean, rightfully so. They've been a a huge surprise this season. But 81% of the bet is on the Jets. That's anything over 70, 75%. Those are usually the games where you get killed. Like, you follow the public and you get killed. And the line seems very interesting to me. The the Broncos are favored. I mean, they haven't looked good at all. They are part of one of the worst Thursday night football games I've ever seen. Um if anyone bet no touchdown in that game, <laughs> that was a good call. Yeah, what were um, the odds on that? Do you remember? Plus 10,000. Wow. So, yeah, I mean. <laughs> 1,000 to 1, guys. Yeah, so um, 
that that sticks out to me. And there's a lot of sharp action with the Broncos. Um, I think this is a a sell high situation and a buy low in the Broncos. I know Wilson is dealing with his shoulder injury, but yeah, this line just seems very odd. You would think the Jets would be favored here, and they're not. So fading the public with a fishy line, one, basically a pick em. Broncos haven't inspired me at all, but this is one of those lines where it doesn't feel good to bet, but it looks like the right side just based on the signals that I usually go off of. That really is, and we talk about it all the time on this show. On Sunday, the lines look screwy, but by Monday, you'll know exactly why that line was what it was. Exactly. And honestly, there's a lot of psychology. Typically, you would get three points with home field advantage. So if they're on the road, they might be plus two. Um, but it just, to me, this line seems very odd. It's also showing it opened at plus seven and a half for the Jets, which that would indicate the Sharps are on Denver. The line just seems very interesting to me. So I would probably pick Denver there. When you're making a play, you're making a play knowing that that's why you're, you're – it really has nothing to do with the football teams at this point. It has strictly to do with the gambling aspect. All right, give us one more game. Yeah, so the other one, the Jags and the Giants. So this is kind of a the same trend. Public is heavy on the Giants. You know, they've exceeded expectations. 63% of the – the bet is on the Giants, but only 47% of the money. The Jags have 53% of the money, so a 16% differential. Everyone loves the Giants, and they're an underdog. So you're like, well, they're 5-1, five and five and one, and they're getting three points automatic. Like That's what the public's thinking. But if you look, it's actually moved. Again. It started out as plus 1.5, and, and now they're at plus 3. So even though the public is hammering them, they're moving the line towards the Jags because the smart – big money bettors are betting the Jags. So that's a very interesting reverse line movement where more people are betting the Giants, yet it's moving the other way. So I have been duped by the Jaguars throughout this season. I can't seem to get on the right side of the games. You know, when I'm for them, they don't show up. And, you know, early in the season, they're playing a lot better. This to me, you know, looking at the psychology of the line is very interesting um, of how it's moving towards the Jags, yet the public is on the Giants. So I think it's another situation, fade the public um, and take a line that the Jags haven't looked great. They really haven't. But, you know, based off these signals, um, you know, I always love to fade the public. That's the beauty of the world of sports betting is you're betting on what's happened in the past. And that's one of the reasons we're the biggest proponents of live action. Coming up to this, the book knows a lot more than you do. They have a reason for setting the line the way they set it. And like you said, fading the public, you really never can go wrong with that, can you? And yeah, never can. And honestly, I do like live betting. I I make a lot more money live betting. It's always fun to bet pregame. But, man, if you like a side and they go down, you know, a quick score and you get them out of better line or like with the Padres, like I've been hammering them live every time they're down and they yep. come back and win. Like, you know, no, uh, when, when you get a when you get a team's bullpen is playing like that because we've been hopping on them and not only getting them to win, but the other team total under and it's worked out real well. All right, Chase, keep the your head down. Keep the golf game going. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully uh, you'll invite me back. I'll there you go. Yeah, you winners win. That's what they do. If I we'll go talk. over three, maybe I come back on. And I'm just a paid spot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Anyway. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Bye. I want some more. 
I want some more. I want some more. Welcome to more Winners with Mo. And that's exactly what we got from him last week. But Mo, I tell you, every single season, somebody brings up that run you went on where you literally did not give out a loser for an entire month. Yeah, you know, it's crazy about that. That was a couple of years ago. And uh, I, I was looking back here a second ago. We were picking anywhere from eight to ten games a week. So it was a pretty historic run and a uh, – a, a run that was definitely nice to uh, have sports betting legal where I'm at uh, to uh, cash in on that luck I had. Yeah, no, it really is. I'm sitting in California and it's brutal. It's brutal. I'll give you an example. The other night I couldn't get a plane because in Costa Rica, the MoneyGram guy had stopped. So, you know, well, I'm in San Diego, but Costa Rica, it's a different time zone. So I couldn't get to bed. In. And, of course, the team was like 35 to 3 or something. Uh, and, you know, when you could just run over to the book or, or go online and it's legal and get your money, of course, when it's legal, get your monies, which is the only reason why we do this is always really, really easy. You know, it's brutal. Yeah, you know, it is for sure. And the nice thing about it, what's weird is being in Indiana, we're behind on everything. You know, medical marijuana is a thing in almost every state but Indiana. So we're always so far behind on everything. But sports betting, we were one of the first few states to do online sports betting, which is crazy. There <laughs> it is. But you know what? They're ahead of the curve. Good for them. That's that's what you got to do. So, all right. So let's talk about, the, before we go into some plays for this week, let's talk about where we are. We're at a bye week. So, mm-hmm. The bye week, this team's, the, the week for this team's, this team's bye week is, oh, my God, it's like 6-0, and 4-1, and 5-1. and uh, It's like if it was ever a week to be a bye week, this is it. Because bye weeks, when you're winning, Mo, are a lot better. But give me a couple teams that really need a bye week. Well, I think the Cleveland Browns are a team that need a bye week. We'll talk about them here in just a little bit. Uh, you know, they've been waiting on uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, who seems like he's in a little bit more trouble. Uh, you know, the offense hasn't been clicking much. The defense has been terrible. Uh, so, I mean, I think they're in, in desperate need of a bye week. Uh, also, another team we're going to talk about, I think the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they had a rough week last week. I think uh, they definitely need to get some people healthy. Every year it seems like they deal with a ton of uh, catastrophic injuries, and that's happening to them again this year. So I think they're definitely a team that could use a, rico- a week of rest to try to get uh, some more of these guys healthy. Yeah, I mean, really, the, every single week, the injury list for some of these teams is 20, 24 guys. I mean, you know, you're taking you're taking guys that weren't on the practice squad that you had to put on the practice squad because the guy on the practice squad got hurt, and now that guy's playing in a football game. The concussion, I think, to Tua Tungavailoa that was so uh, blatantly evident, and then when he couldn't get up uh, the other night, when he shouldn't have been playing. You see a lot more guys this week. I think the uh, concussion protocol was the biggest it had ever been in any time that, since they've instituted that in the NFL, so... Uh, they're definitely hard, being a lot harder on that than they were earlier. Then you have to. I mean, you're talking about the rest of your life. What good is getting $250 million if you don't remember who you are? Right, exactly. All right, let's, give it, let's get some tossing games. All right. Uh, I think we're going to look at an important matchup in the uh, AFC South this week. Uh, the Colts, who took on division leader Tennessee just two weeks ago. Tennessee coming off a of bye week. Uh, the Colts get a, a last-second win against Jacksonville. Not super impressive, but a, a win nonetheless. And it's sad that when you're to a point with your own team that you're hoping that they lose so you can get uh, a quarterback of the future in the draft. But and it, that's where we are. This week, for me this year, I, I bet on the Colts week one and two. 
I won't do that again probably for a while until I see some consistency. So this week for the Colts, Titans, for me, it's all about uh, single-game parlays, and we're going uh, anytime touchdown scores. We're going Derrick Henry, anytime touchdown score. We are going uh, Alec Pierce, the rookie receiver from the Colts, anytime touchdown score. Uh, Matt Ryan and Alec Pierce over the last three weeks seem to have uh, really been really in sync. Uh, Alec Pierce with 14 receptions two weeks ago. Uh, so I'm going to take that, and I'm going to take Matt Ryan to throw – uh, plus 249 yards. So he's been consistently throwing for 300-plus yards every week. While he hasn't had a ton of success and turned the ball over more than anybody in the NFL, he's still throwing for a bunch of yards. So I'm going to uh, single-game parlay those three plays together in that game. Now what are we going to get for odds on that? Uh, you're probably getting anywhere with the with the parlay single-game parlay boost from probably 680 to 880, which is not bad on a uh, on what you know seems to be a pretty good play. No, those, uh, I mean, those, you know, that could happen early in the third quarter, you know, if everything goes well. I mean, if, if you have a 330-yard passing day, which is not unheard of, I mean, the dude's got an arm. He always had an arm, you know? And this kid from Cincinnati, this young receiver, is quick, too, the fastest guy on the team. So he's getting downfield and, and getting big catches. So, uh, you know, that's been eating up a bunch of yards for Matt Ryan. So, uh, you know, and 249 yards for a NFL quarterback is not a ton. You know what I mean? It's not a lot. So, uh, hopefully that's going to be a play that will make me some money this week. Yeah, no. If you're if, if that's if you only have two fifty, you're 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 not winning. <laughs> you're, you know, unless you're running for one fifty or two hundred. You know, you're not winning the ball. No, and he's thrown for three hundred plus yards in almost every loss this year too. So, you know, we'll keep our fingers crossed uh, on that one right there. It's just I don't like betting the Colts because you, you don't have an idea which team's going to show up. So uh, when it comes to betting on them this year, if I do it, it's usually same game parlays with other, uh, you know, other options. And and that's the beauty of those. When you've got a couple teams involved and we've talked about this for years in terms of betting, uh, when I do the first player to score, it allows you to root for everybody. You know, the bottom line is if your team is good, you're not playing Mo, you're not stopping Derrick Henry from scoring that touchdown. If your team can't stop him, you're not going to stop him. So your muzzle can Cash a ticket. That's the thing. My team's not good this year, and so I might as well make some money off them. You know, so no doubt. Why not? Okay. When we come back from break, we're going to talk a couple more games with Mo from More Winners with Mo for the Mo Radio Show here on Wake and Bake. Welcome back to More Winners with Mo from the Mo Radio Show here on Wake and Bake. So last week you had a big dog. I did pretty good on uh, on Tennessee on the money line. Uh, I was on. Uh, on the uh, sports show with Billy Elvis in Ohio. And uh, he asked me to give him a pick on the game. And I told him that I was uh, not so much picking the winner as I am. You know, I was taking Tennessee on the money line this week. And he's like, are you insane? And I said, well, maybe. He's like, why wouldn't you take the points? I said, because I want to win big if I'm going to win this game. And I just had a feeling. So uh, uh, I did pretty good on the uh, Tennessee Volunteers last week, knocking off uh, Alabama in the final seconds. Yeah, and it was really a um... – and it was an incredible finish, wasn't it? And and it's funny to watch the the Bama team be vulnerable every week now. Yeah, you know we've seen it. Uh, you know the, the it was almost bend not break for them uh, earlier, uh, but uh, you know Tennessee had their number, and it, you know it, it's fun to see Tennessee good again because it's been so long since they've been a great team. Uh, you know, one of the biggest stadiums in college football, over one hundred and fourteen thousand people. And it's it's fun to see that stadium busy and rocking. The goalpost wound up in the river uh, last week, so uh, what a fun time! Tennessee got fined after the uh, football game on Monday uh, for them not being able to keep people off the field after the win. Uh, you know where they felt endangering the players of the game, so they got a humongous fine after that. But 
they said they didn't care they'd pay it and they're gonna they're gonna keep going what a, what a fun young team to watch no uh, the, the historical win no doubt about it historical win. speaking of historical wins let's uh, let's string a couple more winners together uh, next game we're gonna look at is we're gonna, we're gonna look at two teams who had terrible losses last week uh baltimore and cleveland both uh you know cleveland just got worked by the patriots who were on their third string quarterback uh, you know, and, and now there's a, somewhat of a controversy there in New England. Uh, and then we're talking about Baltimore, uh, who didn't have the greatest of days last week either. Uh, two teams, uh, Baltimore, uh, for sure, a team that was, you know, thought to be the top of the division with, with Pittsburgh taking a step back, a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover for the Bengals. And the Browns, who built up a pretty darn good football team waiting uh, on the arrival of Deshaun Watson, this year, it was okay. Jacoby Percent was able to navigate it the first couple of days, uh, first couple of weeks. But you know, after that loss when they fell apart to the Jets at home, it seems like things have gone downhill for the Browns. They've had trouble getting the ball in the end zone. They can't stop anybody. Uh, when a third-string quarterback, uh, you know, scores forty-plus points on you, there's some issues there. Uh, they may have the best defensive player in the league on that team as well. And it, it's just you look at it and you're like, why? Why is this team so bad? You know, I don't think it's just the quarterback. I think there's a lot of issues. Uh, you know, going on with this team. So we're going to see those these two teams going this week. Uh, Lamar Jackson had taken a step back the last couple of weeks. He's playing for a contract bet on himself. I think that he's going to have some fun uh, this week going against this Cleveland team. Keeping his running backs healthy is going to be a big thing. Mark Andrews, who is right up there with Travis Kelsey, is the best tight end in the league. I am taking Baltimore this week. I'm putting my money on them. Uh, and I'm going to bet the Ravens this week to come out and have a rebound game and uh, put a, a little smackdown on the uh, Cleveland Browns this week. They had the game. That game was one of the ones we were watching. They had the game. They had the ball. They had the lead. They weren't covering, but they were going to win that game. There was five minutes left, and all you got to do is not do something stupid, and he's been around too long now to make that throw and do something stupid. Yeah, it uh, it definitely was a huge mistake. You know, at that point, uh, you want to see Lamar Jackson using his legs. Uh, to, to, you know, get first downs and run this clock out and not uh, throw an interception. But, you know, it, it, you know it's the NFL, and, and like it was said a long time ago, uh, you know, that's why they play the games. That was a, a term actually coined by Chris Berman way back when. So that is why they play the games. All right, give us one more. We're going to look at a team who uh, I think had a disappointing loss last week uh, in the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs, who obviously heartbroken at the end of that game with the Buffalo Bills. What a fantastic game that was for a Sunday afternoon last week. Uh, Patrick Mahomes looking to rebound with his team. Uh, there are some <clears throat> exciting young players on this team. They're still trying to, uh, you know, cover up for the loss of Tyreek Hill. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster with a touchdown last week. They got Sky Moore, the young rookie who's pretty quick from Western Michigan involved last week. Uh, you know, again, we talked about San Francisco in desperate need of a bye week. They're a team that every year seems like they're fighting, uh, you know, with tons of injuries to key players. That's happening again to them especially on their defensive line. Uh, we've got running backs injured all over the place again. Uh, you know, George Kittle uh, seems fragile uh, every, more every year, and week to week he will play in the game. But it's uh, it's getting to be tough sledding. We already saw their quarterback go down for the entire year in Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo back at uh, at quarterback. Uh, they got to figure out a way to get Debo Samuel the ball. They couldn't do that a lot last week. Brandon Ayuk had a big game uh, taking advantage of it, but – it, it's got to, uh, you know, they got to get a consistent running game when they're on, you know, a third string running back. And, and the reason I know the running game was bad last week because my wife had uh, their running back in the game who got him about 1.4 points, fumbled the ball a couple of times. He didn't even yeah. get two? 
Yeah, not a, not a great day for him. Not a great uh, day at all. And she was a, a little feisty uh, after that game. Can't for blame her, man. I've resisted playing fantasy football with her since we've been married. But after five years, I figured, you know what? Let's give it a shot. And uh, it's fun because I have never seen somebody more into the game and her team, emotional good and bad, than she is. So it's really fun to watch unless she's playing me. Uh, then not so much fun. Yeah, uh, then, but, then it gets ugly, right? It, well, yeah, you know, I mean – I, I've I don't been there. I got one of those at home. I've been there. I don't run this house, you know, and yeah. if I'm beating her in fantasy football, it's not a fun day. So I, I like Kansas City in this game, obviously. I don't think that San Francisco is going to be able to hang with them offensively. Uh, you know, neither defense is fantastic, but I think that Kansas City just has too much firepower. Uh, it's a game that uh, I'm going to bet a couple of different ways. I'm going to obviously bet uh, Casey the win on the money line, but I'm also going to take uh, – a couple of things. Travis Kelsey's anytime touchdown score, I mean, makes a ton of sense. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has gotten in the end zone a, a few times this year to make that worth a play as an anytime touchdown score. And Patrick Mahomes over 249 yards passing, yeah, any day. So uh, I like uh, I like Kansas City, and I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out a way to uh, put some same game parlays in there too. Yeah, and those you know those, those are the kind of guys you you can't really take them by themselves. You gotta you gotta parlay Kelsey with somebody to get the to get the boost, you know. Yeah, because, I mean, every week the odds are very slim uh, for him. So uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire will usually give you about a plus 600 to boost that up. And then, uh, you know, Mahomes uh, on his passing over is usually pretty good too. So, uh, you know, we'll figure out a way to get that. I might try to sneak in a Debo Samuel touchdown score for the uh, for the 49ers as well. There you go. All right, buddy. We'll catch you again next time. Thanks for all your uh, wise advice. All right, my friend. That's right, Mo, from the Mo, Mo from the Mo Radio Show here on Wake and Bake. Uh, more winners with Mo. And you know what? Uh, he, he does it every single week. So do us a favor. Always be cashing. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.